We're just moments away from the kickoff of the American Life Series, right here on Anchor.fm. The American Life, hosted by Ben Van Damme, who's Mawa, and hello, we are coming to you from Watertown, New York. We are very excited to bring this new episode and series to you called The American Life, featuring real people, real stories, and real places. That's The American Life, coming up next. Coming up right now on The American Life, we're going to talk about the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. My name is Ben Fantami. I'm the host of The American Life, and I'm also a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I was baptized on December 3, 2016, and confirmed a member of the Church on December 4, 2016. I will give you my personal testimony and conversion story into the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints on this premiere of The American Life. It all starts right here, right now. Welcome to The American Life season premiere. I'm Ben Van Damme. Thank you so much for taking the time to join me here on today's episode. Today's episode is very special to me. We're going to talk about the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Something close to my heart near to my heart, and something that is of great importance to not only myself, but millions of other people in the world. The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is by far the most criticized church among the earth today. Why? I emphasize why because there are protesters, there are those that just have a problem with the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. A lot of people don't understand why people criticize us, why people protest against the church. My theoretical view of this is these people, these individuals, are afraid of knowing the truth. That is why they're protesting against the church. They're afraid of knowing the truth of the Book of Mormon. They're afraid of knowing the truth about the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. They're afraid of knowing that there is a living day prophet today, President Russell M. Nelson. They're afraid to know that Joseph Smith did indeed see a vision of Heavenly Father in Jesus Christ and that he was called to be a prophet. People are afraid to know the truth. And that, to me, is my theory on why they protest and are so critical against the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. For me, it was pretty simple. I met elders, the missionaries, in October of 2016. Of course, yes, I came from a Catholic background. I went to a Methodist church as well. And then I went to a First Baptist church. I skipped around to churches a lot. I had a faith in Jesus Christ. I already had a faith in Heavenly Father. I believed in the Atonement. I believed in the Holy Ghost already. But it gets better. The day that I met my original elders was a day that changed my life forever. 
It was a fresh start. It was a new journey that I was about to take. I didn't know it at the time. The only ones that knew that it was a new journey for me were the original elders, Heavenly Father, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Ghost that pushed me forward from me wanting to escape up the side street, but instead pushed me forward into the presence of these elders. I was so blessed to come across these two. However, I had no idea what church domination they came from. But as I got closer, I thought that, that they came from the one church that's known as the Jehovah Witnesses. But I was wrong. They were from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, also known as Mormons. But we're emphasizing the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints because that's what we want to be known as. When, you know, just to pause on my conversion to this church and my personal testimony, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is our church that we belong to. Everybody knew us as, or knows us as the, the Mormons, okay? That's fine. But President Russell M. Nelson clarified that we need to start using the name of the church, and that's what I'm going to start doing. So the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is very, very important to me. And so the day that I met the elders, they stopped me on the, in the square here in Watertown, New York, and I remember that Elder Saggers spoke first, asking me if he can have a moment of my time to tell me about Jesus Christ. And like I said, I already had faith. I already knew. Um, I already believed in Heavenly Father, Jesus Christ, and all that. So I, I gave him the opportunity to speak to me for a moment. And then, of course, I needed to get home because I don't remember what I was doing. Um, I had just left a campaign office because I was working on a campaign for a gentleman running for state assembly, but I was heading home afterwards. Um, and these individuals, these two elders, gave me their contact information, and I told them I would give them a call to schedule an appointment for them to come over to my home. Um, so I got home, and my roommate Molly was there, and I had told her about the encounter that I had, and there was just something about these two and what they were saying to me that I felt encouraged and urged to give them a call to come over. And so I asked Molly, I remember asking her if she would want, wanted to join in if I invited them over. She agreed. So I called these two up over the phone the same day, and this was a Saturday when I met them for the first time, and they answered the phone, and I told them who I was, and I I could just hear what was like shock in their voice um, because I had called them, and come to find out when missionaries give out their contact information to people, and that individual says that they're going to call them back they usually don't 
So these two are shocked. Elder Pickett and Elder Sagas were definitely shocked to hear from me, I believe. Um, but we're also excited at the same time. And so I asked them, I would like to schedule an appointment for you guys to come over. I want to hear more, um, you know, and go from there, you know. And so they were all excited. They set up an appointment for the very next day at like 2 p.m. And that, that was Sunday. And, you know, later on come to find out, you know, yep, it's a Sabbath day and stuff like that. Um, so it was really special to also look back on that. My journey with the church, too, I say started on the Sabbath day. And that's rewarding. You know, that's a blessing. Many blessings have come from that. Um, so, yeah, so my time started on that Sunday when they came over and they met with me and my roommate. And it just all started from there. And it was just something that the messages they shared, you know, I took every single lesson they had. Then, of course, they had issued me the Book of Mormon, and they asked me to read the testimonies of the witnesses, um, to read, you know, some of the uh, first Nephi and pray about it. You know, pray to know if it's true for myself. Um you know, I did do their task, and I read, and I prayed. Um, you know, my first time praying, I didn't, you know, quite receive my answer. So, you know, and already having faith and all that stuff prior, I knew that Heavenly Father may not give you your answer right off the bat. So I waited a few days, and I read again, and then I prayed again in the privacy of my bedroom um, at the apartment I shared with Molly and I prayed to Heavenly Father to ask him of the truthfulness of the Book of Mormon. The feeling I got after the second prayer was it's something I really can't describe and it wasn't a bad feeling. This was a kind of like a weight lifted off my shoulders and you know the good feeling of this is something that I need to be a part of. Um, so I found the, the feelings I were getting were my answer from Heavenly Father that what I was definitely reading was the truth, um, was indeed the truth and true, you know? And so, of course, I discussed that with the elders in regards to what I prayed about and how I felt. Um, you know, I, I could see the happiness in their faces when they knew and I that I had found out the answer and that it was an answer that they wanted me to receive, and I received it. You know, and then we went through all the more lessons and all that stuff, and um, I remember they started talking about baptism the B word. And I have never been baptized prior, you know. Um, I asked my mother why we were never baptized. It's me and my sister were never baptized as, as kids. And I remember my mom telling me that she wanted me and my sister to choose our own path. So baptism, of course, 
I never did it. Never even thought about it. Um, I just went to church and did my own thing. So, it's pretty intense. To me, it was at first when they were talking about baptism. And, you know, they went through the whole thing. Would you agree to be baptized and stuff like that? I told them I would pray about it. And I knew what I was doing was, you know, and what I was reading and all that stuff. I had already prayed and, yep, I've come to the the knowledge of the truth of the Book of Mormon and stuff, but I needed to pray to know if baptism was for me, if this was the right opportunity, the right time. And so I did. I prayed, and then I got my answer again. Feelings that, of not being, it wasn't a bad feeling. It was, you need to do this. You know, it was like the Holy Ghost was whispering in my ear, it's time. So it's time to, you know, move forward and be baptized. So the elders were also very happy when I told them that, yes, I would get baptized. Um, so, I mean, remember, uh, it was Elder Saggers, Elder Pickett, who I also are my original elders who found me, that tracked into me, um... And I remember there was another elder, and he came from the Carthage ward, because uh, that was, you know, this was from the Watertown ward that these two originals were in. So Elder Bradley uh, was in Carthage, and then there's the other one, I'll call him Elder B, because I can't pronounce his name correctly. Um, they were a part of my conversion into the church as well. Because uh, they did exchanges, and they used to come here and switch out, and whatever they did, I couldn't explain at that point. Um, so, Elder Bradley, great guy. Um, you know, I... And then, of course, when it came time to... And then I had to go through an interview for baptism. Um, Elder Bailey came up from... I believe he was in Utica, I'm I'm guessing. Um, he came from Utica to Watertown, and he had to interview me for baptism. When I entered the church, when I showed up there to be interviewed for baptism, I walked into the church, and I remember the feeling I got when I walked into the church the ward prior to even being interviewed and the feeling I got was remarkable joy it was it was joy um, knowing that I'm about to make a life-changing decision and that somebody else is going to be a part of it as well who is Elder Bailey who's going to interview me to be able to enter the waters of baptism to make sure that I'm spiritually ready, that I have been taught everything I need to be taught, that I don't have any additional questions type of deal, so I can enter the waters of baptism. Of course, I passed his interview. Um, now, I felt like I was going through a job interview with Elder Bailey, but, you know, great guy he is. Um, great guy. So, uh, I mean, 
he took me into the, you know, just for the interview, he took me into one of the rooms. Um, it felt like an interrogation room. <laughs> I know he'll probably, if he listens to this, he'll laugh at it when I say it like that. And then he, uh, you know, he was, I felt like it was in a job interview. Um, I'm glad he hired me, though, because it approved me for hiring. Uh, <laughs> you know, I know I know he'll laugh over that, and everybody else will, too. Um, and so once he approved and he he did all that, I knew that I was on my well on my way to baptism. The date was set for December 3rd, 2016. Um, and preparing for baptism and knowing that the day was getting closer wasn't so much being stressed out. It was, I like to, I like things being perfect. <laughs> I'm, I'm like when people are getting married, when a, a man and a woman will get married and then you sometimes have the, the bride that becomes a bridezilla. I was, you know, the one that was the Zilla for the whole planning of my baptism. Um, now elder Pickett, elder Saggers would probably disagree saying I was calm, but in reality I was a complete mess trying to figure out who's going to do what, what songs we want. They're asking me questions. Okay. What songs do you want played at your, um, baptism? Um, who do you want to speak at your baptism? And I was like, not, I was like, and they were like, who do you want to baptize you? Who do you want to confirm you that following Sunday or that Sunday? the day after your baptism and then they also asked me you know who do you want for your witnesses and i'm like what all this for baptism um so it was a lot to think about and i i put it together with them and then they came up with a a, a wonderful it was a beautiful program um you know and the day arrived for my baptism um and i remember waking up that Saturday, knowing that in just a few hours, I was become a new man. I was going to be a new man. I was on a going to be on a new journey, and my life was about to be changed forever. Um, now you're probably thinking, well, your life was changed forever the day you met the elders. To a sense, yes, but when it came to baptism that's when it really all started it hit home the morning of, my, of the you know day of my baptism um molly was like are you excited i'm like i don't I, i'm overwhelmed right now i'm like panicking i'm like oh my word what if people don't show up you know who's gonna show up what it we you know and all that stuff and I remember, you know, even up to my baptism, the elders, for the entire week leading up to my baptism, they came to my home every day. You know, I used to call them stalkers. But they came to my home every day um, just to make sure I was, you know, okay and ready to go and, you know, made me feel comfortable. Um, so, uh... Me and Molly, Molly drove me to my baptism, to the church, got there about an hour 
I think it was like an hour, hour and a half before the baptism was going to start, you know, the ceremony. Um, so I got there and Elder Saggers and Elder Pickett were there. Very excited to see me, of course. You know, I'm... And uh, I was happy and everything. I was excited and nervous all at the same time. Um, so I got changed into the baptismal outfit. Um, mind you, I looked like... I, I told that to Elder Seggers. I said, I look like somebody that just escaped from the psych hospital. <laughs> but... You know, it was the baptismal uniform. Um, and I always told him, I I remember telling him before all the ceremony stuff started, I said, what would happen if I just ran out of the building and started running down the street in this? And I can remember everybody saying that the cops would probably stop me and think I was a psych patient on the loose. So, um, you know, people started gathering in, um, and I was still learning people and knowing people. And there was people that were a part of my investigation, teaching with the elders and stuff like that, um, that came. And, of course, the bishop was there. I think the bishop was there. Yeah, I think so. Um, <laughs> something like that. I'm not sure. And then, um, what was it? Brother Walker was there. And it was just remarkable. We started, we had... The ceremony in the chapel. Um, so they spoke, they did their thing, music, sang. Then it came time for the baptismal talk. Yes. And that was given. And then after that was given, myself and Elder Seggers, who baptized me, were going to head down to where the font was and stuff like that and then everybody else would gather outside where the font was and so I remember going into the bathroom part of where I needed to go into and I started to panic um I don't know why I was panicking and I remember Elder Sagers asked me are you ready I know I said yes but in a sense I wanted to say, like, no, can we wait a couple of hours because I'm still, like, nervous and there's going to be people watching me get bathed by a, a grown, another grown man. <laughs> you know, that's I just have a sense of humor. Um, and so we walked out and I walked down into the water and it was cold. And I'm like, why is this so cold? They had forgot to turn on the wa hot water in time for it to heat up. They had, like, turned it on 10 minutes prior to my baptism because they had forgot to turn the hot water on. So I had a cold baptism, and I believe, honestly, Elder Sagers would probably disagree. I think he said that because he, he did that and forgot to turn the hot water on because I always told him that I was going to pop my foot out of the water because it's supposed to be full-body immersion. Um... And I always told him that I was going to pop my foot out and make him redo it over again. And he always told me that if I did, he would just hold me on until the bubble stopped. Um, so I think he was also getting back at me for not turning the hot water on. But 
he'd probably disagree over that. Um, it was just, uh, you know, when he started his whole thing, um, before he finished, I knew that I was about to go under the water. And when I came up, when and I knew that when I was coming back up out of the water, I was going to be a new person. You know, my life was forever going to be changed. So he finished and he just looked at me and said, plug your nose. So I plugged my nose. He put me under. I came back up and I was like, refreshed I was like wow um so yeah that is my where it all began for me in this church the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints um you know it's words can't explain the you know they can't explain but they can't explain the amount of feelings I have and the great feelings and the spiritual feelings and the many blessings that I have received from being a part of this church. Um, I you know a few weeks after I was baptized, my I got my calling in the church was a ward missionary. Um, I was ordained into the Aaronic priesthood uh, a couple weeks after. And then I also got to go to the temple for the first time um, just a few weeks after I was baptized and my original elders got to join me. And that was so amazing to have them to be able to be a part of that as well. Um, I People ask me, do I regret joining this church? Why would I regret joining this church? There is nothing to regret. Um, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, it's amazing. Um, to know the truth of the Book of Mormon, to know that Joseph Smith was indeed a prophet, that he did see the vision that of Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ, and to know that, you know, when I was baptized, you know, the prophet of the church at that point, our Living Day prophet was President Thomas S. Monson, to know that he was our Living Day prophet, and to also know today that our Living Day prophet is President Russell M. Nelson, it's remarkable. You know, a lot of people think that the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is a cult. We're not a cult. People think that we practice polygamism, polygamy, and that we're married to multiple women. Not true. Um, that was discontinued so long ago in the church, like a long time ago. Um, so to be you know, criticized for being a member of the church, I fight back spiritually because, like I said, I think people are afraid of knowing the truth. I'm not. I come to the I come to the knowledge of the truth. I, I come to know this church is true. The Book of Mormon is true. And I know it can bless everybody's life, just as it has blessed my life. Um You know, if it wasn't for the missionaries that day finding me, I don't know where I would be. I mean, I would probably end up being captured by another set of missionaries at some point in my life because they're everywhere. Um, and, you know, once they shake your hand, I always told Elder Sagers that you guys implanted a GPS 
into my hand when you shook my hand. And they always laughed at me for that. They know where I was 24 hours, seven days a week, 365 days a year. Um, but it's remarkable. You know, I, I wouldn't change this for anything. Um, and I am so honored to be a member. So grateful, you know, to be a member of this church, to be a part of something that is, to be part of the true church here on this earth, the Lord's church. You know, it's remarkable. And so, for those of you listening, I know I rambled on, you know, for the past like 27 minutes here. Um, but I encourage you and I urge you and I challenge you to hear the missionaries' messages. You know, don't be afraid of them. You know, and hear their messages and go from there. You know, and know for yourself. Stop judging the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Stop protesting against us because we're not going anywhere. Um, we're always going to be here. And our numbers are growing. Our members' numbers are growing. And that's because... People are coming to the knowledge of the true church here on this earth. And that is the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So I encourage you to go to ldsliving.org. That is ldsliving.org. Find out more information. Um, find out who the missionaries are serving in your area. We have missionaries all over the world. Um, sisters and elders, you know, our elders serve a two-year mission. Our sisters serve a 18 months, I believe it is. You know, they would, they would be a, happy to uh, come in and see you. I mean, I, I can't emphasize enough that they would be more blessed to come see you. And that is my message for today for the first segment of The American Life. Um, you know, I, I conclude with this message that I can testify to you, and I testify to each and every one of you listening, that I know the Book of Mormon to be true, that it can bless your life just like it has blessed mine, that the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is the Lord's Church here on this earth, that Joseph Smith was indeed a prophet, and that we do have a living day prophet today, President Russell M. Nelson. And I say these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you so much for taking your time to uh, listen into The American Life. And uh, we'll see you back here again very soon. I'm Ben Van Damme. Have a great one. Today's show of The American Life being brought to you by... A veteran-owned and operated business out of Oswego, New York, is Kazar's Body Shop and Boutique. That's right, Kazar's Body Shop and Boutique, veteran-owned and operated right out of Oswego, New York, with products made right here in the United States. You can visit them online 24 hours, 7 days a week at kazarsbodyshop.com and on Facebook at Kazar's Body Shop. Kazar's Body Shop and Boutique, today's sponsor of 
the American life.